Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Around the NFL podcast. Dan Hansis and the Falcons Gas Up Crew. (laughs) From the Chris Wesley podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis and here are the members of the Falcons Gas Up Crew, I believe it was. I like that. Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. I mean, maybe it's time to start thinking about uh, putting a ring on this team. Making it a little more official team of ATN. Well, the Falcons and rings, that's probably never going to happen. So. <laughs> the thing that I enjoy about this scenario and what Zumwalt just announced there is that before the show, we had a, you know, a lot of time to chat. A lot um, of time. You are genuinely, like, genuinely slightly annoyed at Greg and I um, for this whole Falcons thing. I, you've, you've, it's not a bit. It's a real thing. You seem a little, you seem a little agitated with uh, the fact that we're unified on this front. Um, in general, you guys being unified is, is always a little off-putting to me just because it doesn't <laughs> feel authentic to uh, real life. But I th- What is that even <laughs> supposed to mean? We just both happen to like the Falcons. How is that not authentic? I'm totally fine with you guys liking the Falcons. I just don't want you guys to, like in October, if your precious little quarterback is still thrown for 114 yards a game, don't tell me how fun they are, okay? Like, can we at least have an honest dialogue about whether the Falcons are fun? And I I, I, I'll promise that to you. Right. We're grounded in yes. reality, though. I don't think it's not as if we've gone on some LSD mission right. into the night. Like we we were watching the games and assessing them. And I just also to make this clear, I'm not against the Falcons. Like, I'm OK if they're successful. Well, you're against just it being be the fun. team of ATL. Just if they're fun. Let, let's do it. Let's make okay. a team around All the right. NFL. I'm mine, open to it. Mine is open. You got to earn those stripes, okay? Way, it's not yeah. about based on a summer of promise and and what daddy gave to his son, you know. All right. Well, see, that part of it, I don't <laughs> think that Arthur Smith is some Nepo baby walking around. Uh, I didn't FedEx say it. Clothing. You connected those dots. I didn't even that, bring you, up the man's you name. Brought up, you brought up the, the FedEx thing multiple times on the show. And I do want to point out, because we got a lot of new listeners. We've heard from them. We love you. Great, great start to the season. Uh, yes. Team of ATL, uh, just I'm going to read the disclaimer that we have to read every year. Uh, the Around the NFL podcast was once called the Around the League podcast yes. until one day uh, the Shadowy League executives asked us to call it Around the NFL podcast because there was another news program called Around the NFL and they wanted that to be synced up, but that news program did not last long. We remain Around the NFL, but the song, uh, it's too expensive to make it. But the song remains the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that's the great. Dick Banks, the one-man house band from uh, Dave Damashek. I actually, I'm sure I could hit up Dick and be like, hey, you want to update it? He's like, no, I don't want to. We don't need to. We don't need to. Plus, ATL sounds better. We never really have gotten around ATN. I mean, that's like succession. That's bad. ATN, that's not good. That matching news show, by the way, we were never invited to participate on air in any fashion. I think we were, actually. I think we had a regular spot on it. (laughs) No, no, no. Like the old, old version before they. Yeah, I think we had like a. Before they made it NFL spot. now. Really? Andrew Siciliano was involved. Yes, I, I do remember. All right, that. we're already off track here. A lot, it's a beefy show. It's the Thursday show. It's week two 
in the NFL. If you if you caught the Wednesday show, did you catch the Wednesday show? I know you're under the weather, Mark. Did you catch the show? I, it's what I the minute I <laughs> exit the studio, I'll be, I'll be listening humana, humana, to humana, that. Humana, humana. No, I was like three sheets to the wind in terms of health, just lost. You were drunk. Yeah. No, that's not the term. I mean, I was literally it was like confirming our suspicions. I don't want to give um, Colleen, Greg, and Dan, much less everyone behind the glass, what I thought I had yesterday, and I much better now. Thank you. But no, I did not listen to a, a second of it. Give him a round of applause. Keeping us healthy. Long season. Thank you. <laughs> but so easy crowd. You should know that Thursday, we, we preview the Thursday night game, which, by the way, we will be covering uh, the recap of Vikings-Eagles tonight. You get more programming from us. Um, and we also previewed Sunday night football, Dolphins-Pats, and then two Monday night games, Saints-Panthers-Browns-Steelers. So check out the Wednesday show with Colleen Wolf uh, for those previews. Now we're going to hit all the other games, all the non-primetime games, and we do it draft style. And we have our locks of the week. Uh, Greg, congratulations. You've always been very high on your own supply in this in this particular department. So not true. Um, what do you mean? You can own it. Okay. You've had success, and you never wow. cease to remind us of it. You're now again ahead of me, Mark, and uh, the Wesling Zoo, uh, we oh. all lost, and you locked up uh, effectively in week one. So big week for Mark. Another thing you should know, Mark, is we set the table here. Yeah. Um, you should know that um, Mark, uh, Greg and myself both locked up the Eagles on Wednesday's program. All right. What was the uh, Vegas scenario there? That seems like it was... According to DraftKings, uh, they were six-point favorites. <laughs> Courageous. The mirror. Yes. I wasn't gonna do it. I had a different one, and then Dan did it. I was just like, well, the mirror was foggy, Mark. Yeah, I'd say it a little foggy. But I've had a bad week, and I felt like I deserved maybe a walk in the park lock. But I thought that last would go the Chiefs too. So we'll see. I don't. But I don't. Not. I don't come at you guys about the. Yeah. It's under. Actually, don't seven. Feel that good We're about good. So. Uh, we. I have some some lock stuff. We'll get to it later. I feel like we've gotten we've gotten uh, too slow. Yeah. Let's Sorry. get. To let's it. go. Let's get to it. Let's start um, with. The first overall pick. <laughs> Look at this. ATN's number one pick of the week presented by the aforementioned DraftKings, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The spread here is Chiefs laying three and a half over under 51. Um, a showdown of two teams they met in the playoffs uh, a year ago, and um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are coming off a very deeply frustrating week one loss, one-point loss uh, to the Lions in which they hadn't, listen, they had no business losing that game. They couldn't catch the football, and it was a grotesque uh, showing <laughs> by their receivers, particularly Kadarius Toney, who has a lot to uh, make up for uh, starting this Sunday at 1 p.m. on CBS. Who's got the call, by the way? Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, and Evan Washburn. A good crew. The Chiefs are laying three and a half points. And I feel very good about it. Travis Kelsey returned to practice in a limited uh, capacity on Wednesday. So he's trending upward. And if you get Kelsey back in the lineup, Greg, and you get um, a m mad Chiefs team about how they executed on a long week, I think they're going to be okay here. But I'm not sleeping on the Jags. I, I think they'll be okay. But uh, this is I'm fascinated by this game. I'm, I'm curious, you know, your quick opinions on the Kelsey-Taylor Swift rumors here. Uh, yes, both born in 1989. Kelsey apparently tried to get his number to Swift uh, 
initially rebuffed, but now potentially potentially hmm. hanging out. I think it's not, that, it's not good. That could I, be. I don't, I don't think that's that could a be good a factor. Setup. I think. Yeah. Um, look, he's grown a lot since catching Kelsey. The uh, the reality show that Lakeisha and, and Chris Wesseling both enjoyed watching. If you want to talk your <laughs> shit, talk your <laughs> shit, pimp. Uh, but I think you were reminded, like, what an incredibly valuable uh, part of the Chiefs' offense. Like, I've, that's obvious. He's a Hall of Famer. But I think what gets lost a little is as good as Andy Reid is, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, Travis Kelsey's presence opens things up for the rest of the receivers in a way that they struggled to get around. And I'm not sure what this Jaguars defense is going to be this year. I was not high on them coming into the year. I don't think we learned much week one against the Colts. I think the Chiefs should have a nice bounce back game offensively. The question is like, can they hold up against T-Lock? Because Trevor Lawrence looked like he was ready to make that leap last week, uh, Mark. I mean, not that he wasn't great down the stretch last year, but now he's got Calvin Ridley and he was just making some next level throws to the point where you believe they could keep up in a shootout. No one could stop Calvin Ridley. And it's it's amazing to me. I think that had to be like quietly the trade of the year a season ago when it was you know, it's under the radar because Calvin Ridley was not going to play. But they gave up very little to what is a bona fide star wideout, and it right away changed who they were on offense. Um, I thought Lawrence. You know, he, the one thing that concerned me a little bit was I thought that Indy pushed that Jacksonville line around yes. a little bit last yes. week and gave gave Lawrence some problems and put him under pressure. And so you got Chris Jones back, and it's like. Chris Jones, I think, could be a – depending on what version we get of him, could be a huge factor in this game. And so you have your two best players back. And Kelsey probably normalizes the offense to some degree. And really, like, what we saw was so atypical for Kansas City in general. Kadarius Toney, um, I don't think he'll ever have a game like that again. I know he's inconsistent, but, like, you're not going to get that version of it. Outside of that just-before-halftime march by Patrick Mahomes where he had three completions of 25-plus yards, they were so quiet. They scored six points in the second half. They only allowed 14 to, the, to Detroit, but the one area where they were battered was on the run down the stretch. They just looked tired and different. I think Chris Jones can change that, and I don't know if I trust Jacksonville as a team that can go take it to the Chiefs on the ground necessarily. Kadarius Tony is very happy um, that Chase Claypool's in the league because otherwise he would have been the worst player in football in week one. He's not the worst player in football. In fact, I would not be surprised if Kadarius Tony has a really big bounce back game. I think he has a lot of talent. We, we were hyping him up. A lot of people hyping him up in the offseason for a reason. I, I agree. I talked about this before the season started that people are sleeping on Trevor Lawrence as a guy who could be an MVP candidate. That throw that he made to Zay Jones against the Colts, that's everything. And Zay Jones did a great job there too. But you get Ridley... Jones, Ingram, and Travis Etienne, I thought look had a lot of bursts, looked good in that game. Um, He's underrated. I think the Chiefs are going to take care of business here because I just can't imagine them falling to 0-2 and losing the way they did in week one and not coming out mad as hell and ready to sure. kick some ass. But would it surprise me if this is a tight game in Jacksonville? It wouldn't. I think the Chiefs take this, but I think it's going to be – you know, 28-24, something like that. I like this one. Jags fans who, who want to – see this team as one of the AFC rising powers like this is a great early season statement because I, I still don't think the Chiefs will have be on their P's and Q's totally and Trayvon Walker had a sack last week a little bit better of a game from him Josh Allen played great and it wasn't just the Josh Allen of the Jaguars that is with three sacks and the Josh Allen look at you with all your disclaimers uh, <laughs> it wasn't just the wide receivers that struggled it was the tackles and I'm more worried actually about the tackles long term Donovan Smith kind of the uh, longtime veteran with the Bucks. If if Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen can win those matchups up front against the tackles, you could have you could have trouble. But I really love what I saw with T Law getting to his third reads and just so quickly he's starting to look like one. He's a great player. 
and he's just starting to scratch a surface. Look out. That why, one week one takeaway. Maybe this conference is a little more wide open than we thought. Um, and the AFC. Yeah, and well, yeah, unfortunately, you, you know the the Aaron Rodgers situation that made the AFC East a little bit different. Uh, the Jaguars, it's there for them to take the next step of the quarterback enters the superstar club that was the game of the week presented by DraftKings sportsbook new customers can bet just five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets instantly download the DraftKings sports app and use code atn that's code atn only at DraftKings sportsbook DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl mark the second overall pick in the atn draft all right uh, i'm not doing this to annoy you particularly but i i love this matchup i'm going green bay at atlanta um you know, I think I come out of last week sort of just wondering. I had a feeling. I, I was circling this one. I already had you I, I already had Mark's name next to the I second know. pick, well, but that's fine. But I'm I, not annoyed I by it. I think it's a reach, too, because. No, it's not. It's two, good. Two fun teams. Uh, two teams I would have team. avoided entirely Stop. a year ago. They're both fun. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I do think, though, you, to your point, Dan, your suspicion about Desmond Ritter, um, he went 15 for 18 a week ago, and if you didn't watch the game, you're thinking that's pretty efficient, but, I mean, it was just sort of a mirage outside of, like, a <laughs> – 35-yard shot to Kyle Pitts. Um, very little, very little happening in the in the in the air game at all. And uh, but that doesn't take away from the one thing that I think that we knew we'd see and being fascinated with, which was Bijan Robinson. It's like I just want to see more and more of him. Like his ability, especially as a pass catcher. Um, he, if you're not on him right away, his ch- if if you give him a yard, he'll juke around you and he's gone. And it's just like this is a true. Right, right away, rookie weapon who he I created think, seven points where I don't know if anyone in the league would have created those seven points. I totally agree. And like, can I, can I make weird, one request? Yeah. Can we get twenty touches for Bijan this? I, no, I think I think we're going to see more of that. But I, but that's all. The thing is, like, I guess people would say, like, take Tyler Algier out of the lineup. No, I, I love having saying both that. these guys. I'd run the ball 35, 40 times. Sure, right. And I think in, in general, like, it's a good test for the Packers because the more rewatching like that Packers Bears game. The, the Bears are a disaster. Like they are a dis- And so what, what we saw from Love and the Packers offense, which was very hopeful, I thought. I thought he played a good game. It's like, this is a better test because the Falcons a week ago, their defensive line showed up. I thought that their, like, their secondary, their redone secondary showed up. And it's, uh, this is a better battle on that front to find out what Love and the Packers offense is. Although there's a, I really am optimistic about his first performance. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see that too, although I think it's a nice setup. I mean, he, had, he faced no pass rush last week. Literally, the Bears had two pressures in the entire game that, that were driven by their... their no pass. show. Uh, but I don't think of the Falcons as some great pass rushing team either. They, they had were a nice better, week. though. They were better. They had a nice week last week. On Yamada looks like a nice timing. Um, but I do want to have another point of order. I keep doing this. Thing. Okay. So Cynthia Freeland heard... I hope I'm not speaking out of school here. Uh, Too late now. It's Bajan Robinson. Bajan. And no one is on this. Because hmm. I've heard it All on right. ESPN, NFL Network. Every, no one no one is saying this yet, but the, I, it's been quietly putting out there from the Falcons uh, PR staff, I think, that it's Bajan. And but did- it, no one's saying that. It's It's been Bajan everywhere in the country. I haven't heard anyone say it, quote-unquote, right, but we could but be the, the change. the player himself did the thing where he, I, maybe it's kind of graceful, he didn't correct anyone, just well, rolling. Maybe with- if the PR staff is reaching out, then maybe, maybe, so Bajan, I, you just... Just throwing that out there. I'm with you. Uh, I'm not ready yet. Okay. Yeah, but good to know, and I'm open to change. <laughs> Just not there yet. Uh, I'm curious. Is this Packers defense actually going to be different this year? The number one thing that they've struggled with the last few years is stopping the run. So what a great test because they have a lot of talent on their defense, and they looked pretty good last week, but it was against Chicago. 
Um, have they actually fixed anything? Because this is going to be a great test. We know that the Falcons aren't going to throw the ball that much, but can they stop this running? Here's the quote, by the way, from Falcons' R.B. Robinson, and that's why nobody's wrong, and you're not offending anyone or being disrespectful. Here's his quote. How you pronounce this the S.I.? How you pronounce my name is Bajan. Like, that's how you say my name, he said. To, well, actually, told Fox yeah. 5 in Atlanta. But I say Bijan. Hmm. <laughs> so... We're not wrong then. It's almost a little snooty and like, look how smart and well, I didn't even intellectual know that. I am to call him by the way his mother says it when Bijan himself is calling himself Bijan. That's good enough yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. about this. Yeah, this is, this is some hard-hitting Googling from the old Zeuser in a big spot. <laughs> Falcons getting a point, by the way, in this. That's it. Huh. I like That's the, tight. I like the Falcons here uh, to win this game. <laughs> I do. Why are you laughing? Dan no. knows what I did there. Yeah, I know what Mark did. Oh, I do know what you did. That was it being was, a good little it was, boy. It was well timed. <laughs> um, wasn't awkward at all. Uh, Matt Lafleur had like an incredible game last week. We should point out. Like, I don't think he's going to have receivers this wide open. I'm really fascinated by him because he played much safer, I think, than he did the first time we saw. And he does some really <laughs> wild stuff, some fun stuff. We might have a, a little fun stuff on uh, Very nice. NFL Plus. A little later, and he makes good decisions, but like every fourth pass kind of goes totally awry. So that's like he's a he's a fascinating one. The, the Packers are banged up too because we've got Christian Watson still not practicing on on Wednesday at least with a hamstring. Aaron Jones, who was dominant against the Bears, really I mean changed that game hamstring situation. Quay Walker, awesome last week concussion situation. So little bit banged up. Good setup. A little for your bit under the weather there. Yeah, good setup. You could really get out of the gates. Hot as a pistol here. Uh, with that a Falcons crowd. Unbelievable. Fire. What a great football well, team. Well, they were. It's a great football town. What we were laughing about earlier, I'm not. we're not going to tell the audience. Yeah. It's so funny. But let's see if they figure it out I as think the they season goes. Yeah. Well, we didn't do such a good job in the first matchup, so. All right, here we go. I said it. Then we did do such a good job. Yeah, I said okay. it. Okay, here we go. So much inside baseball. Uh, pick three goes to Greg Rosenthal. Okay, I guess uh, I, you know, I had a pretty clear top three. The first two are gone. Let's go Seahawks at Lions. Geno versus the defending team of ATL. The Lions are a five-and-a-half-point favorite in they're this not, game. They're not defending. They were the 2022. Team. I mean, I, I guess that's how it works. I um. Am surprised. Like if you had told me before week one they'd be five and a half point favorites, uh, that would have that would have surprised me. You thought this team, these two teams, would have been closer, but one had a great week one, one had one of the worst week ones in the league, and it's not getting any better. Abe Lucas starting right tackle for the Seahawks, injured reserve. Charles Cross starting left tackle for the Seahawks, uh, not practicing. Sounds like that injury is going to take a little bit. Jason Peters. Mm. Uh, 52 years old. Wait, Jason Peters. Don't don't start that five-year clock to start talking about the Hall of Fame because he will have a Hall of Fame discussion for sure. Uh, he's back in the league. No, he's And not. he might just that's be a joke. playing left tackle once again uh, for Gino. And so that's that's a little bit worrisome. They, were, they had good health on that line last year, correct? Yeah. But better than this. Yeah, there they is, were fine. This is a disaster. Not, yeah, those two guys played up. the whole time until the, until the very end. And yeah. and the funny thing is, I actually think of their interior as a big time struggle fest, and they were a week ago. So suddenly, you compare these two offensive lines, and you have one. I think these two quarterbacks both need to be protected, like most, but they're not like elite. That, and you have one guy who's got maybe the best line in the league, and it makes a big difference that that Vitae is back. 
I really believe that. He, he can be an elite player. Dan Campbell pointed that out. They never had their whole line last year in Detroit. Compared to Seattle, I think you're going to have one quarterback really under pressure, and I think you're going to have one, Jared Goff, just sitting back there picking out uh, those middle-of-the-field passes. Like, every good Jared Goff pass kind of looks the same, but it always looks good. It's like 17 yards across the middle. Let's go. Well, he's so he's totally well. I love the way the Lions are built because, like, their offensive line won that game for them down the stretch against the Chiefs. Like, they are dominant. They tire teams out. Um, we're going to see more of Jameer Gibbs, I think. Uh, they, they, they're just kind of built to do this. Their defensive line, their pass rush is so much better than it was a couple of years ago. And it's like, I don't love the combination of Seattle's banged up line and Detroit essentially going after Geno Smith from the start because him under pressure is a different type of quarterback. I, they, they got eaten up by the Rams last week on both sides. It's like that has to be the most disappointing performance that came out of nowhere. I mean, we were expecting it to go be a 40-7 to 7 blowout in terms of Seattle with their best wide receiver core in the, in the league, and it's like, nope, none of it showed up. I like this matchup because this, these are two teams that are near the top of the list where I just kind of want to learn a little bit more about. Sure. Um, because the Lions, and this is no disrespect to Lions fans out there, I know that the narrative around that game was, look at the big Lions. They have arrived. They've now beaten the Chiefs on the road. And I, I watched the game, and then I rewatched it on Condense, and I'm saying they did play a really gutty, and they got the win. I thought they were very fortunate in many ways to, to get that victory, uh, which is not taking away, but it's also I'm not well, ready to say it. that. You're mad about the lock. Just admit it. No. Locked up against the team of ATL, and you're mad. It's you're over. saying if you take away Kansas City's like, like mistakes about late, that, that yeah. change is changed. Yeah. I like sneaky don't care that much about locks. I think I think you care a lot about them. It's like it's over. I don't care. I really think that the Lions are a, a very compelling, interesting team. But it's not like beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead in week one made me think, okay, now this is a superpower. Now it's time to look at the Lions differently. I'm not there yet. Now, Spank Seattle coming off a really ugly week one loss would, would tell me two things. One, okay, it's time to give the Lions a little more flowers because they're 2-0 and and now going back to last year, I think 10 of 12, if they win. And Seattle, you start to really start to ask questions, Greg, about Seattle and whether they're even any good after this offseason of hyping them up. Um, week four, 2022, a uh, little change of subject here. 48-45. Yeah, that was really Gino's. Gino's greatest game of his life. He completed 77% of his passes. He threw for 370 yards, three touchdowns, pass rating 132.6. Beautiful. Do we get another shootout? I don't know about that. I don't think 45, so. 48-45, my own. The Lions' defense is is transformed from that, yes. that situation. Their secondary, I thought, right away looked so much better. Brian Branch. I mean, I think Jack Campbell made some plays last week. They've CD, added people. C.D. Deuce. He just shows up and makes plays wherever uh, yeah. wherever he goes. I, I actually am a little more concerned about the Lions' offense this year. They only scored 14 points in that game than the defense right now. They're just, they're just so deep. I know it's not superstars, but who made all the big plays last week? Josh Pascoe made that play, second-year player. Charles Harris got the big uh, holding call in the last round. They're just deep everywhere, and I think they w- can win multiple kinds of ways. The Seahawks, when was the last defense Pete Carroll had? And he skated a little bit on this last year, but when was the last defense that was above average in Seattle? I'll give you the answer. It was 2017. It was a while ago for a defensive coach. Is that the Earl Thomas middle finger year? <laughs> I don't even know, but I just searched for like DVOA when yeah. they were even above average. It's been like six years. They've drafted well, though. I think there's there's a lot of youth, like youth on this defense. I, they just were totally outcoached a week ago. I think we'll see more Gibbs, as you mentioned. Six missed 
tackles forced in seven attempts. That's just outrageous. Yeah, give him the rock. I want to see Gibbs and Bijan, Bajan touch this ball 20 times in week two. Take off the training wheels. Let them lead. Fair request. Um, I know this has come up around the lines, but my last point about them, Jared Goff, I know he's not going to win MVP or anything like that or go to the Hall of Fame, but very quietly since uh, week nine last year, hasn't th- since week 10 last year, eight and two, the Lions, he hasn't even thrown an interception. 16 touchdowns, zero picks. Hmm. If you protect Jared Goff, he will do work. He's they in can the, protect Jared Goff. He's in that world where he could break the NFL record for. Especially this week. The Seahawks attempts. had no pass rush against the Rams, and that, that's something they're concerned about. All right, I got the fourth overall pick, and uh, I don't like these late games, so I'm just going to take the one that I want the most because uh, there's four of us. Shooky's going to be helping out here, and uh, I'm going to lock up my late game, and it's going to be 49ers-Rams. And, yeah, this is a big spread. It's seven and a half for the 49ers. I think it was nine earlier in the week, so uh, some respect here for the Rams. It's a week two matchup that if the Rams do get blown out, I'm not giving up on their journey this season because this matchup has been so poor for Sean McVay, even in the best of times. But if they cover that spread, Mm. if they make this Mm -hmm. a game, Mm -hmm. if they make it physical, and I think that's what McVay's whole plan was this year, and Jordan Rodriguez done a great job writing about it, especially on offense where they're going to do these long drives. They had 81 plays a week ago. It's got to be tough to do against the 49ers. But if they can just be physical on both sides, especially on offense, and make this a game and that it's it's just compelling and Stafford's throwing some passes, then I think they really might have something. I'm worried about their defense um, being a little soft on the edge here, going up against this zone-blocking running game. And so I, I don't know if they can hang with them for four quarters. But you got my attention, Rams. Like, I, I'm interested. You got my daughter happy. Uh, you got my wife happy. Let's go. I <laughs> Checking a lot of boxes. This, I'm just saying, it makes makes me happy. Honestly, this has, and that's good. That's important. Um, but this does have all the makings of a come-back-to-earth game for the Rams to me. It I, does. Like, we or have talked six about. Feet under. Yeah, we've talked about uh, Los Angeles, and they're kind of rebuilding their defense on the fly, and obviously a great start uh, against the Seahawks. But it's hard to tell. Week one's a liar. This is a whole other type of test now. I know you're in your backyard here uh, across the sidewalk, but the 49ers are going to be coming at this young team in waves, and they're going to be schemed up in an elite way by Kyle Shanahan. And it would not surprise me if Shanahan has this young defense's head spinning uh, by the second quarter. I kind of see it that way. Stafford obviously played brilliantly. There, I mean, You can make an argument that he was the best quarterback in the league in week one. Uh, could he do that again? Maybe. What about the fact that it's, it's Kugler and Sanchez? I just love that Sanchez Maybe. is Mr. NFC West now. It's like a kind of a frisky NFC West game. It's Sanchez California time. guy. It's Sanchez time. Like, doesn't have to go for yeah, it. He doesn't want to leave. Yeah. He's an OC kid. I think I'm with I'm with you, Dan. Like, uh, mm. that Sean McVay showed how much of a difference he can make a week ago. And uh, the Seattle is a good team. I still think we're going to find out they are. So that was a, a legitimate victory. Um, but the Niners, I mean, talk about hitting the ground running. It's like, oh, you know, like, uh, if you're no, I'm Joe Burrow. It's like obviously he's rusty because he didn't do X, Y, and Z in the preseason. It's like, what did Brock Purdy do? 
Brock Purdy shows up in week one, and he's like lights out and exactly the guy he was a year ago. Totally efficient. He fumbled twice. I don't like that to me. Like that's going to come with the territory a little bit. Brock Purdy, as a, as a, like in terms of like where's the fall off? It, it just wasn't there. And like Brandon Ayuk, you suddenly have another superstar on this team. There's too many well, ways to we'll inflict see. damage. What do you mean we'll see? We'll I've see. seen he it. Looks inf- he looks incredible. It's been, it's been a year There's... and a half of this. He outgained Debo Samuel for the second half of 2021 Brent... for all of last year. Yeah, we're getting excited about it. Oh, Randy Ayuk is not a superstar last Okay, well, he is knocking on the no, door but right I think now of being The that. way he looks. He was in week one. He's so physical, and he can be do the subtle stuff. He's a little more complete than Debo. I think they're one and one A. I love Ayuk, but we did the Superstar Club in July, and nobody said anything when I didn't have. That's Ayuk fair, but he, but he I needs to. Well, I guess what I'm saying is he needs to put it together for a long stretch and remove that inconsistency from his game. And what I said after watching the game last Sunday is, if he does that, this becomes unfair because Debo is going to get his, and McCaffrey stays healthy. He's going to eat. You got George Kittle. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. For this young quarterback. And I think it's like that, that you get overlook their defense, which Steve Wilkes came in right away and like there's no there's no like problem there at all. He's he's already a great coordinator. The Rams last week, I know they I like that they refused to stop running the ball, but they ran t- for two point three yards per carry. <laughs> it's like I, I just think if you that this is gonna be a different situation for Matthew yeah. Stafford and he's gonna be putting in some and then it, it will matter that you don't have Cooper Cup at some point here. Sh- sh- shout out to Kyron Williams who's like stealing uh Cam Akers sunshine and his draft picks and his snaps. He played quite quite a bit more. Uh yeah the the one superstar like we haven't brought up for the 49, I guess a couple is, is Bosa, but also Fred Warner, and that's where Stafford won last week, deep in over the middle, beating the Seahawks linebackers. You're not going to be able to do that uh, to Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell nearly as well against Fred Warner. Yeah, what what were your vibes? Because obviously one of the most talked about names in the league, and a lot of this ties into the immense popularity of fantasy football, but Puka Nakua, uh, is that a a type of performance that's – signifying that they have a real player there? I or? think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, he might not be Cooper Cup, but he could be, like, a really solid number two. That changes a and lot. It does. If Cup lot. can come back right healthy. If yeah. Cup, I'm worried about Cup in general. When when you hear things like flying to Minnesota to see a specialist about the hamstring and, and you've already aggravated it once, I'm, you start getting nervous about what's going to happen with that. But if he can come back healthy and they can establish rapport here with uh, Nakua, okay. They trust him. They're cooking. He's smart, tough, physical. All right, let's take a break. Let's take a break. And when we get back, we continue with the draft. All right, we are back. The draft rolls on. Mark Sessler, your second pick. All right, I'm going to take the Chargers visiting Tennessee. Tennessee gets three points. Uh, that which kind of surprises me. I I don't see these as equal teams. Although I think the t- the Titans and Greg Hubert, you've been talking about this. Well, they're the home team. They're home, so they're, but I that's just, a pretty I, big favorite. I'm, I'm going off. Favorite. Of, I'm going off of what I saw from Ryan Tannehill a week ago, and it's Ow, like the Chargers. By the way, like Brandon Staley, it's at some point he's not gone. He's here. Well, that, he I'm was saying fit. the way Mark's saying that. It's like he gone. I have been a Tannehill like fan for a long he time. Gone. And like Tana Shill, sure Shill, no <laughs> Tana Stan, maybe Tana Girl, mm. Tana Girl. I like that. That fits. Yeah. What a disaster last week! Like if that's what you're gonna get, why are you? Why, how are they favored at all? I mean, how are they getting it, like like anything more than three points? It's okay, like, okay, you wanted the Chargers to be even bigger. Absolutely, road because Talk to Chargers fans about that. Yeah. No, but it's like their their <laughs> offense to me. Um, I this is an interesting matchup because I still think the Titans 
are one of the best run-stopping teams in the league. And this is a completely different Chargers offense um, than what we've seen in the past. And they want to they run the ball all day long. And, like, Austin Eckler uh, did not practice Wednesday. He's got yeah, what's an going on with Eckler? Ankle. But something situation. else too. He left the team as well. Uh, no, he had, he had a was agent his agent away. died. Oh no! This week, so he but he's going to be back with the team Thursday. But oh, it was unclear sucks. as we're taping whether he'll be able to practice. So he is he is dealing with an injury as well. Yes, I, t- I tend Sad. to think he'd he'd play, but but Josh Kelly looked like great too, and so I just think that this this ground game gives me a lot of hope for the fact that not everything has to fall on the shoulders of Justin Herbert. Um, but I think that's healthy. I just think this, like a year ago, him having to play hurt the whole time he did, he still made some just absolutely like Herbert-ish incredible throws last week. They can do it all. Um, but I'd like to see, I think this is a chance for the defense, even if it's a bit of a mirage because of what the Titans offense is, which is um, scarily like un- unimpressive. But it's a get-right game if you're Brandon Stilly because I think you're, on, wow. you're, you're not on a hot seat, but it's like, I think it's like you were in year three, your calling card is dominating defense, and their defense continually is a problem. I got too much respect for the Titans to call them a get-right game against anyone. I mean, if, if Ryan Tannehill could hit the broadside of a barn, they would be coming off a pretty stirring yeah. uh, week one win. It, to me, it's a great test, and one, one of my preseason takes is going to be looking bad because I was high on both these teams. One of them is going to be 0-2. It's a great test, though, for Staley. It's like To me, it's like... Soft versus like the Chargers are kind of a soft team. You think about them that way, defensively, certainly. Okay. I mean, and they haven't been able to run the ball well, on offense. But now, now they have though. But this is like soft versus hard. Right. I mean, the Titans are hard. You know, they're gonna they're gonna stop uh, you on the ground. Dan's making a face. Well, they kids got, listen to this in the car when their dad or mom is. You're the weird ah! one. You're the weird one. You're the weird one. Danico Autry, Arden Key, Jeffrey Simmons. If you can run against this team, <laughs> you can protect against this team and play well offensively. That'll say that'll say a lot to me. Greg, I know you and and uh, other people on Twitter pumping up the Chargers again uh, this summer, but I think they're in a bad spot. I think they. I think this game is a bad I think spot. They, I'm worried. They got their ass beat in week one. It was a two point game that they gave up. But at the they very got end. beat, and I know Herbert didn't play poorly. In fact, he played well. But the best quarterback in that game was Tua, and I don't know <laughs> what makes uh, Herbert's heart. Beat. I don't know what pumps him up. I don't know if he's one of those guys that rises to the challenge and gets pissed off. I kind of want him to be that guy. I think that's sometimes the missing piece with Herbert. Is he like a monster? Is he a monster inside? Is he a competitor that says, you know what? Tua just upstaged me in my house in week one. And now I'm going to go to Tennessee. How about like five times he responded by a Dolphin? He hasn't done anything in his career yet, Greg. Let's not act like he's done anything in his career yet. Well, hold on. I think like it's easy to forget that he didn't say a single word. Or I'm so once. sick of everybody putting Justin Herbert in the Hall of Fame. I'm just going to no say No one's putting it. him in the Hall of like, Fame. Like he's above reproach to even challenge him. Like no, but he's never won hurt? a playoff game. Hurt? Everybody All plays hurt. Yeah, but if winning playoff well, I mean, what is a great what is measure. The Some of the genuflecting at Herbert is on my radar. And, and now I want him to. This is what I want from him. Right. Go kick the hell out of the Titans because you're mad about what happened last week. It's not going to be easy. And the reason I think this is a tough spot is because I think Vrabel and the Titans, and I don't think Tannehill's a bad player at this stage. I think he's going to be mad as well. And I know he's a competitor, and he's going to be looking to play better. This is going to show me something. If Herbert and the Chargers go in there and take care of I hear you. Because they're supposed to I be I just think AFC that's favorite, ridiculous right? about Herbert. When I know it he, is because you're not allowed no, no, to no, say no, that about no, Herbert. When he's like, playing through that injury that he did a year ago and making the comeback play. I respect and that. That week 18 game against the Raiders where he played as well as humanly possible. And, like, 
multiple things can be true. You can lose games where you play absolutely outstanding and play your hearts out and play with the most guts possible. If playoff wins was a great measurement in your first three or four seasons of like how great a quarterback, like Peyton Manning was a total loser. You know what I mean? Like, and we've seen that again and again. And I think last week was a great example. He, he gets any stops from his defense. Like you're talking about what a great offensive performance. Everything you said is right. And Manning did nothing as a, uh, a, a, in terms of playoff success until almost the second decade in the league. But I'm just saying, sometimes it feels like we're not allowed to say bad things. about. All right. And I know you feel that way about Lamar Jackson and a couple other guys, too. And I get there's maybe some exhaustion on your part, but nothing that Justin Herbert has done on the field. Like, so I'm saying I'm I'm spinning forward here. I'm saying, but we're not who's putting Hall of Fame. That's fine. I think they will. First of all, what's their strength? I think outside of Justin Herbert. And their, it's their offensive line. I know they fell apart in t- against the pass rush, like at the end of that Dolphins game. But they, they, this is an offensive line that can neutralize the Titans. And I think in general, like the Titans are not going to be able to get, not going to be able to get to Justin Herbert the same way. I just, I believe that her. I, I think this. And they stop the like, yeah, the, it's yeah, but the ba- they they actually are a good run game, run team. It's like I think the balance of this team is going to take care of Tennessee and like. The Titans offense and the Titans offensive line, you're not going to have Joey Bosa go totally silent like he did a week ago. I just out of practice, though. Once again, Joey Bosa out of practice. I am kind of a little annoyed with the lack of Uh faith in the Chargers offense. I am absolutely locking up the Chargers. And they're going to do what you want them to do. They're going to do what you want them to do. Yeah, because I I really enjoy Herbert as an immensely physically gifted quarterback. Do I? I do have some questions. Just as someone who's watched sports for a long time, like is the fire burn within. Like I guess I said, you'd say like what he's done, and I, I know stats aren't everything, but I do think like almost fifteen thousand yards and ninety touchdowns in the first three seasons of your NFL career is something. Like yeah. that's a big time. I'm not number. saying it's not. And I don't see like a hushed personality where he maybe doesn't care about football. I kind of didn't say he didn't care. I know, but I sort yeah. of see. I do see a fire, and I really think that last year, like what he went through, and he just kind of refusing to give in or give up or leave the game. It's like there. That tells like, me something. There like are a lot of players not like that. Five fourth quarter comebacks, 2021. Four fourth quarter comebacks, 2022. He's he's been put in some tough spots. I, I I'm frustrated though. Certainly, if if Brandon Staley's defense is as bad as it looked then it's just going to be more charges drama and Brandon Staley won't be back. Like no matter what Herbert does, they got to have a much better defense. I put him in that most heated category of coaches before the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that could play out. Good. I, I, you know what? I want it. I want it. You want, I want you to get your lock. Okay. And I want Herbert to just ball out against and just make Vrabel like grovel in that post game presser. I think we're going to see got it. beat by a great quarterback Bravo. who, who was upset that the, the that Tua upstaged him in his building and made the throws that I I didn't down the stretch or, and you know it's it, it was time for me to drop a bomb on whoever I was playing next and that's what I did that's what I want Herbert to say that would be a, a typical of his personality I don't you don't <laughs> right, that's a lot, asking a lot for too him much. like that that's asking for too much <laughs> see but isn't the game more fun to think about now sure you know, that was fine even if you totally like disagree it. with everything I just said. Well, no, I watched some football. It's just another, I like, another like tension point between Greg <laughs> I like and I. It. And you. I don't think he's going to try harder this week because Tua played well. All I right. think he's trying his hardest. All right, see, that's the type of cold, bloodless analysis that I'm not. I'm not saying, uh, you know, let's diffuse someone having any passion in their takes by saying, "Oh, I guess he's going to try what do you harder." Mean? This I'm just week. disagreeing. I think he is like. That's putting, not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm putting every. I think he's putting everything into his performance. Must be clinical it, in my analysis. Up. He will try just as hard. I know. 
You want to see some heat, some say, personality, sports, some fire. Like, I get it. That was a fiery lock. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. After our well, you're welcome. Somewhat sheepish locks. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move to. Oh, it's back to me. All right, let's head to Jarrow World, and uh, I know I kind of here is where I'm at. Uh, Jets with Zach Wilson as the quarterback going to Dallas to face the great Parsons, um, and it is the biggest spread of the week. The Cowboys are laying nine and a half points here. Um, and it's it's just a reminder of what a bummer of it. It is not just for sad sack Jets fans like myself, but for everybody, because this was going to be a fun Rodgers and the Jets going to Dallas. It's a bummer Zach. for Dance and Romo. It's a bummer it's a for killer. America. They, they it's actually, a killer. They actually made it so that this was the only good afternoon game so that everyone would watch it. We all get killed by it. Um, and it's, you know, more personal to others. But, yeah, it's it's a bummer. And here here's... Here's the thing, because there is a um, there, there's a sense here among the more optimistic of Jets fans that there's still something here. There's still something to play for, for that the defense can be special and the running game. What we saw from Brees Hall, they can move the ball on the ground. And if you could just build a team like that, kind of in a ground and pound old school Rex way and, and get the quarterback coached up just so he doesn't kill you, maybe you could still make noise in, in an AFC that. Uh, maybe is more wide open than than we realize. And, okay, I get that. All that said, I hate this matchup for the Jets. I hate um, Zach Wilson. And I know there was some criticism about how uh, the play calling down the stretch where the Jets were playing for three points, they wouldn't even let Wilson throw. Yes, and then because Wilson has struggled so much as a pro. But also, I think Wilson was getting killed in that game, and that was a very difficult spot with everything that happened in that game, with Aaron Rodgers coming on the field the way he did and everyone thinking, all right, this is Rodgers' team. And all of a sudden, you're in the game. Here's the playbook. Here's the biggest audience in the history of MetLife Stadium and the biggest Monday Night Football audience ever save the day. And overall, he didn't lose the game, okay? So will they open up the playbook just a little bit? Maybe, but here's the problem. I think the Cowboys are going to eat him alive in this game. Yeah. And I just, my my feeling here is that as a Jet fan, there's going to be a lot of Jet fans that have pumped themselves up thinking we're going to get right here and we're going to stabilize things and be optimistic. But I think this is a game we're going to come out of and feel like reality is set in. Uh, and the limits at quarterback are really going to be shown in this game. Why are we in this situation? Um, I mean, the first couple of plays right out of the game with Aaron Rodgers, Injured because the offensive line looked totally incompetent. And now you're going against a, a Cowboys team that absolutely dismantled the Giants. Five, five forced fumbles, two picks, seven sacks, Weather 12 game, quarterback but hits. But still, sure. it was as But even if you cut all those numbers in yeah. half, you've still done a lot of work against the Giants. And I just don't like the matchup, like to your point, Dan, of that line against one of the nastiest defenses in the league and a quarterback that, like, I'm not trying to jump on this. They should have gotten a different backup. Maybe they should have. Well, but they should have, yeah. He just looks – he still just seems to me lost. And it's like you're going to have to be creative, um, resourceful, and know exactly what you're doing to have any sort of advantage over the Dallas defense as a quarterback. And I just don't see that player right Look, now. Yeah, the game was too fast for him, and it was a really tough spot. But we've seen players come in – off the bench and perform well, a Brock Purdy type or whatever. Look, we, things happen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' two snaps were disastrous. The game kind of came fast at him, and those plays just didn't work out. I'm not really thinking the offense has much to do with the, the Jets at this point. Like, Brees Hall is a special player. The fact that he can make cuts while moving forward so fluidly, 
and make a difference. And you have Garrett Wilson. We know he's a special player. And if you can just get enough to just be like the 24th offense in the league, then you just need this defense to be next level special and make these games fun. If you look at the season, like it's only going to matter if you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, like that, then it doesn't matter for 31 teams every year. If it's just going to be more about the experience along the way and we could have some fun along the way, I think they have a chance to do that. I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, certainly, but their defense has to be special, special. Sauce Gardner's coming off. Uh, a bad game for Sauce Gardner, relatively. He had to go against Stefan Diggs, but we didn't see that happen to him last year too much. Now he has to go against CeeDee Lamb, who they'll move around a lot. And it's just like, can they just shut down the Cowboys offense, who had a weird week one where they didn't really have to do anything? Can they just keep Dallas under 20, essentially? Because Dallas only had 265 yards last week. D- Dak was just throwing it within like two seconds. And he didn't need to do anything. So can can they truly disrupt another team to the point where they're in every game because of that defense. Yeah, Josh Allen and, and Dak Prescott are in a similar QB tier for me. Maybe Allen's a little bit ahead, but they're also one of the defects in their games. They, they will turn the ball over. The Jets to hang in this game. What's what's the path to success? You turn Prescott over a couple times. Maybe you have another special teams play and you keep us a low scoring game and, and maybe Brees Hall breaks one. It, you need you need this to be a low-scoring affair where, again, defense and special teams plays a major role. There is – listen, I, I am a realist. I understand I'm no longer um, rooting for a team that has serious Super Bowl aspirations. But I also think there is absolutely a path to this team contending if the defense is as good as it has the potential to be. And if they hang in this game, and even if they don't win but they hang, you're feeling really good about it. The only thing that you worry about – is a bloodbath for uh, Wilson because then that's going to take a lot of air out of that locker room as well. And I think mm-hmm. the biggest challenge Salah has right now, you're floating off. There's a, the stomach punch of Rodgers, and then you have this incredible comeback that shows how gutsy the team is. Um, but if Wilson really snows under in this game, schedule's killing him. Reality well, is going to set. This in is the opposite of Jordan Love having these two like non-pass rushing teams to have to play the Cowboys right off the bat. And then Belichick next week is just, well, and he's and and you know, there, there's a realistic reality here that he's not a good player on any level. It's like, I think it's important. He got that Garrett Wilson touchdown a week ago because Garrett Wilson like is, the, is the guy that kind of embodies the fact that when Aaron Rodgers came, Garrett Wilson's like, my career is back on track. It's like Zach Wilson could lose the locker room quickly. If everyone starts to become a non-factor in the passing game, like it happened a year ago. It's like, I do wonder if this jets team, because I think there is hope. The defense is supreme. Like you've got stars at running back, a star wide receiver. Like you've got good tight end play. Do you go and get a different quarterback? Oh, if, we'll he, if there's conversation. a, I know, but it's like, I think it's like, if you're the jets, the coddling of Zach Wilson is over. It's like the, it, it, it's saying it's his team and all this stuff. Is it? Not if they get destroyed we'll in Dallas. Out. It's tough because these might be the very two best events in the league if I had to choose. I mean, I'd throw the 49 But the we way, have a larger sample size on Zach Wilson than, the, than last week in this. Don't do the thing that I saw for most of the Bills game where you won't even throw the ball three yards past the line of scrimmage. What do you have to lose? Yeah. Just air it out. Force the ball into Garrett Wilson. Let's just see. Maybe something crazy happens. How about a check-in from Eric Roberts, our producer, in the Bills cap? Hey, guys. Um, we hey. have somebody else who wants to weigh in on this Jets-Cowboys really? affair. Yes. What could that be? Hello, gentlemen. Whoa. Tough <laughs> loss after week one. I don't know what I was thinking, picking the Chargers. Of course, they're going to go charger in. That's okay. 
right now Greg's thinking, uh, Nick, uh, you, you can't lock this game up. It's, it's Cowboys are nine point favorites. Well, I don't look at the desert test. I look at the mirror test. I'm fine looking into the mirror right now. Everybody's thinking uh, Daniel Jones got beat down by the uh, Cowboys. The Cowboys defense is unstoppable. Do Their it. offense is good enough. Do it. The Jets. Aaron, no Aaron Rodgers. They're injured. They're battered. No way they show up and beat win in Dallas. I don't know. This is a damn good team. This Jets team is good. Yes. Real good. Kansas, this one's for you. Oh. The Jets <laughs> go into Dallas, handle business. I told you the Bills and the Chiefs weren't making the playoffs this year. Someone's got to go. What is he doing? It's going to be the Jets. <laughs> they started out 2-0. Lock that up! Oh! It's like a total kamikaze mission. There are boys in this world, and there are men. And there are psychotic men. Or there are little there boys are, who, like, Nick. lost the first week, and he's like, okay, no, I'm just going to, like, not, not even seem like I'm trying. Come oh, on. Why are you hitting that? At hey, me? if he gets this right, like, no one will ever forget it. No, that was great. Uh, I loved it. And I love it for luck. the fans. It was love a, you, everyone, check out uh, the YouTube, because Nick... He's looking good. He's looking like a businessman. <laughs> he is. His parties trust, on the weekend. Would you trust your business, business. to someone who Wait. just locked the Jets? I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> it shows a man that has a, a bold take on uh, business affairs to me. Uh, it It's going to be remembered as maybe the best lock of all time. If I mean, that's, if he wins that's, it. So that's, that's you know what that is? That's called hanging onions. That's guts. I, I would agree. You could say it's crazy. I don't maybe know. Maybe it is. Did he confer with the rest of the... Uh, there? I don't all right, know so I can, let me just a little. I'll take it behind the curtain a little bit. Um, the Wessling brothers have mostly opted out of, out of the exercise. So, it, it, but sometimes I guess they have conversations. But it's really Nick's ship now. Sure. And uh, I would imagine there's no way in hell They'd... he would have had a, a someone to back him on that at the zoo. So this is this feels like pure because Nick did check in with me, one of the many people that did, and said that he really does like these jets. So it's coming from an authentic place. Okay. All right. Uh, up next is me, and I will take. I like this game. Speak, Eric Roberts. Jump back on a second. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, traveling to Orchard Park to face the Buffalo Bills. Eight and a half points. Uh, the Bills are given in this one. Um, Eric, everything obviously. Um, the story coming out of Monday night was the Rogers injury. Uh, but a, a very, very big overall league storyline was this terrible performance by Josh Allen, who gave that game away as a Bills fan. One to ten, P scale. One, you underpants, it totally dry, no problem at all. You can go any way you want. Ten, soaked to the bone. Mm. Got to get home. Got to change the underpants. And it's not even like you don't throw them in the hamper. It's a wrap. They you go throw in the those, garbage. throw them in the garbage at work uh, that's happening here. How are you underpants? What's the P-scale? Uh, I'm at like a, uh, a five. Yeah, a little damp. Yeah, a little, a little damp. Yeah. I'd be at like probably pushing eight. A little bit of an lose... odor from not right next to you, yeah. like not from five feet away, but you get I've, I'd close. I'd feel comfortable sitting next to Christy right now if, you know, it'd be like at a five. I'm not, like, not that bad. Don't drag yeah. me into your urine so, stories. There's a musk to that. Your <laughs> yeah. urine underpants but tales. But if, if they lose to the Raiders and Josh Allen kind of has another another mm. another whoopsie game, they'll be pushing an eight. Nine. What do you think's going on? Here's the question, and I'll open it up to everybody. What are the conversations – that Sean McDermott has with Josh Allen this week. Now, Allen, um, to his credit, put the whole thing on his shoulders, as he should have. He 
blew that game. There's no reason the Jets should have been able to come back unless the quarterback and the other team gets as reckless as Allen did. Is there a conversation that leads to, and this this would make me feel a little bit, I would be torn as a Bills fan. We need you to rein it in and not be Josh Allen because this is becoming to be an issue. Are we going to see a more conservative version of him this week? I don't think so because it's like you. there's too much evidence that if you take away what's special about Josh Allen, that you're missing a major element of your offense. This felt like a ghost-ridden bike to me, this entire attack a week ago. And I think the thing is, though, I would parcel in the Josh Allen, like Joe Burrow against the Browns. It's like if that were all, if that were his career, like week after week, we would not be even talking about Joe Burrow. Joe it's a Burrow disaster. didn't make the decisions or, you know, and he had to play in the weather. It was the, it was the mental side of it that was so surprising. I, I'm with you Allen. there, but I think the Jets the had... the lack of awareness the, of the type of game he was right, playing. Right, right. The Jets have had yeah. Josh Allen's number the last couple of seasons, though, and I, I think some quarterbacks just don't match up well. But I, I feel like even... I, know, I mentioned this game too many times, but even when he went out there for a long period of time against the Steelers in the preseason, something just didn't seem right with Josh Allen a little bit. Mm. And I think, like, the last... The way that last season ended, I mean, these two games were moved from throwing 352 yards against the Dolphins in the playoffs. But outside of some of that, like the Josh Allen at the end of last season and the turnovers and the red zone performance, it's like this is like a post-Brian Dayball version of Josh Allen. It seems like he misses Brian Dayball. Well, I mean, I think those conversations happen, of course, but he's smart enough to say it first. And I think the conversations have been happening his whole career but when he gets on the field you he blacks out and he basically reined that in from the first two seasons where he was totally chaotic and would would black out uh and in this case it was just forcing passes that just weren't even there it was it just wasn't even passes that were worth taking the third interception to me was understandable uh but this is none also- of them were close to being completed by no them. No, but the third one was a great play by Whitehead where I don't think he expected him to make that play. The, the others were just insane. The Buffalo Bills are also transitioning. I mean, they were the, literally the least tight end heavy league in the uh, team in the league last year. And in week one, they were by far the most. They had Knox and Kincaid out there 60-something percent of the snaps. No one plays two tight ends that much. And so... There is a bit of transition here. They're searching for secondary receivers behind Diggs. You're trying to keep Diggs uh, busy to keep him happy because something went on between Allen and Diggs. And, like, it's a lot. And you got to be able to count on your defense, to your point, Dan, like, in that game to just go win it for you. And they they, would have. And they would have. They would have. Allen has thrown more. And in this game, too, against the Raiders. I don't think Jimmy G, as clean as Jimmy G played last week, and I think he looked well, Jacoby Myers probably not in this game. He's coming off a concussion. Like, I think you can probably trust that your defense is not giving up more than 20 points in this game. Uh, you know, Dables last year, and, you know, interceptions can be misleading, but he, he threw a career-high 15 picks that year. Um, he has the most interceptions in the league of any quarterback in the last three years. So there's always going to be that gunsling element to his game, and that's okay. Like, going back to Joe Namath and well, then Brett, Favre, Brett Favre. Like, Brett Favre's interception numbers were insane. That's okay, as long as it's being balanced out with, like, I'll give him credit on, on the touchdown pass he had to Diggs um, on Monday night. That's just classic Allen. Like, that's his that's his move. Like, it's his finishing move, that ability to scramble, and then at the last second, pull the trigger and drop it in there. I don't want, I think the Bills will be worse off if he's reigning in his game to try to limit his turnovers. I think he's got to be himself, but there's got to be, if he really is a madman and he just can't process it, the Bills are never going to get over the hump. But I've seen enough 
good film of Josh Allen. Sure. Yeah, that, I'm not that worried. That I'm not. I'm not in the camp of. I think the Bills are in trouble now. You're starting to hear that creeping in, like, oh, Josh Allen is he part of the problem? No. In fact, this might be a game where he kicks some ass here and and kind of shuts some people up. Like the Raiders seem like at home in Buffalo, a great matchup for Josh Allen to play some big time football. Well, and I think, though, from a flip side, because I, I've been relentlessly destroying the Raiders for six plus months, if not 16 to 18 months. Um, this is a huge chance. And I thought that Jimmy G played really well. And like, uh, you know, you are catching a Bills team that I think it's just it's not that I think the whole thing doesn't work. They're under a lot of pressure, though. They just feel tight. And I think what happened, what manifested on Monday night um, is so much a part of that, that they're just like penciled in as this team that's going to be in the AFC final two or final four. And it's like they feel incomplete to me. Like, I don't know if I trust the Raiders defense to handle Josh Allen, but. Do you think that there's a way that you get another really clean game from Garoppolo and you're you're hanging around late that the Bills get into their heads a little bit? It just seems like a team of right. all these AFC teams, maybe throw the Bengals in there to some degree that's just a little bit tight right now. Well, in the in the crowd will be tight. Will remind me of those old like Fenway Park Red Sox crowds are so loud at the beginnings of the games, and then when you get towards the end, you get you get a little tight. It'll be tough. I do think that the Raiders' defensive progress we heard about in camp up. Uh, played out pretty well in week one. They have to be happy. They're not going to have Chandler Jones back. It doesn't seem, but I thought the Bills defense has a lot to like. Greg Russo played well. I think they've kind of settled on their cornerback with, with Benford. They've totally benched uh, their former first round pick, Kyrie Elam. Like Matt I, I, I think they look okay. And I've got an eye on Josh Jacobs. He didn't, he's had a very up and down career and he came into camp late, but he just didn't quite have that pop last week. So just keep an eye on him. Cause he, he what, one year he's great, one year the next he's not. Like, I don't know. Hopefully, he's also going through his training camp in real right, time. Right, exactly. Now, so. so hopefully, because um, th- that's how you beat the Rams. I mean, the Bills. If you're going to beat the Bills, they're going to have to run on him. I would like Jacoby Myers to be in this game. He really flashed as a second receiver next to Devontae Adams, but he was in concussion protocol uh, in the middle of the week, and so it's not looking good for Myers to be on the field against the Bills. I, I think the Bills win this one comfortably, and if they don't, look out. Big problems. Although, the, big remember problems. the Bengals were 0-2 a year ago. Um, yeah, but there's a re- – you could point to reasons I think th- why. I, I, yeah, it's just no, different. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I think that Jets loss was a disaster for Buffalo. <laughs> All right. Pause right there. we got to finish out this draft, but not before a quick break. All right. We're back. Mark, you're up. All right. So, like, I'm not saying this is the best game left, but I have to pick a late game, and I'm going to go – I kind of am interested to see what happens here. Giants, Cardinals – um, I mean, talk about a, a, a New York, which New York disaster was bigger? Obviously the Jets for the future, but like the Giants laid about as large of an egg as uh, one could imagine being produced on our earth. Um, it happened in front of, on an island game, a terrible island to be on. And uh, the Cardinals, for all the giggling, played the commanders tough and had a lead in the fourth quarter. It's like the, you just assume, I guess, by logic that the G more than giggling. It's it's. Howling oh, laughter for an organization to be run as poorly. Yeah, unless as they you're are. a Cardinals fan, then it's very little laughter. Right. But like I, if I mean, talked with Zumwalt a little bit by text, and he just flat out doesn't agree that the team is, you know, tanking. Because I don't think you can tank. Number one, if you're, you can't tell that. Of course, they're trying their hardest. I think it's a different. It's like you put the wrong the players, players are you, trying you hardest. The players and the wrong, coaches. But if you put the wrong players yeah. out on the field, that's sometimes how people don't get. Not that you obviously, Mark, or even Zumwalt. 
They don't understand what tanking means. Tanking isn't the players. The players are playing for a paycheck in their careers. The coaches are play, coaching for their jobs. They're yeah. coaching and playing their ass off. It's the organization putting that team. It's in putting the, Josh that's Dobbs the out at quarterback. The no, tank obviously. is upstairs. Yeah. Let's well, be in a situation where Josh Dobbs is their best option at quarterback. Right. That's, that's right. the but, tank. But you got to that place. Uh, I don't know. I'd say there's a couple of little ways into this game to, for Arizona to keep it tight. Number one, I thought Jonathan Gannon, like, that defense had three turnovers a week ago. Um, they had a fumble return for a touchdown. Like, they kind of put the commanders into a tough spot. And so maybe Jonathan Gannon's defense has some life. Um, Darren Waller has a hamstring injury right now that is being labeled as a lingering issue. That's sort of like the worst-case scenario for Darren Waller, who obviously didn't show up a week ago. Andrew Thomas did not practice on Wednesday. It's like you get a banged-up version of the Giants who probably are questioning who they are at this point after getting whipped the way they did. Terrible weather, but I get that. But it's like you talk about another quarterback under a lot of pressure. It's Daniel Jones. It's this offensive line. It's like Saquon Barkley didn't do much last time. They were mistake-prone. They were kind of everything they weren't a year ago. Brian Dable, the wonder boy, was completely outcoached. I bad think that bad there a, night. There was a bad, there was bad a definitely night. a weather element to that game. A and bad, a snowball element. But it was a, there was a weather element yeah. to, for the Cowboys, too. And a fluky element. But Andrew Thomas being out, that's a huge problem. It sounds like he's going to miss this game, maybe multiple games. He's their best player, I would say. Uh, on Cardinals offense. had six sacks. Their right tackle, Evan Neal, who they've been kind of hoping would pop up, did not have a good week one at all. And, uh, yeah, maybe they, they can make this game an ugly game, especially if Waller's not there. You would think that the Giants have enough talent, but but it wasn't a good week for their pass rush either. Kayvon was quiet. Uh, Ojalari. I, I would like to think this Giants defense does plenty, though. You know it would be really ugly? And I, I believe in this thing with uh, the way the NFL schedule plays out. When you have a bad week one loss and then you get what should be a layup in week two, usually you take advantage of that if you have a week three death march. Mm. They're going to San Francisco next week, oh. the Giants. They're, they're probably not even coming back east. They're probably staying out there. And they know if we don't beat the Cardinals on Sunday at 4.05 on Fox in a game that is called by... Just out of curiosity, I like to check in. Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, and Christina Pink. If we don't take care of business here, it's over. The season's over before it ever began. Five and a half point favorite. Well, go check, Greg. We'll own three teams. How many make the playoffs? I, I know it's 17 games now, but still, I think the Giants will show up. I think that they were humbled. They're still well coached. Everyone had a bad day. Yeah. I think I think he's going to have them in a good place, and they're going to play well. Saquon has a big day, and I think they win by 10. I think I would take the Cardinals to cover that five and a half points. Really? Well, then you have to believe that they've got just one of my general thoughts back in the day. And we we do talk like what we think the score will be. And on game day view, we do that too. But back in the day, one of the the truisms, and this would have been uh, picking the Cardinals last week, is like never take bad to mediocre teams as heavy favorites. Like Washington should not be favored by seven in any scenario. Just too much can happen in the NFL. Should the Giants be favored by five and a half in any scenario on the road? I don't I think would, the Giants are a bad team. I would say no. A mediocre? Okay, maybe I'll give you that. I'm just, I, I, it's week, week one. one. It was like one that was, that was terrible, a game. bad, okay, no yeah. good week. Okay, we'll see. Let's see. You know what? That was a special night in London last year. We're going to put that on ice until they win a game. And hopefully for Giants fans, listen. Sunday night. As, a, as a New York sports fan. We had a tough go of it. Sunday, Monday. I mean, people don't even know. A lot of people, if you don't follow baseball, the Yankees have this 
once-in-a-generation prospect, the Martian, Jason Dominguez, has an incredible first week, and then they learn that he tore his UCL on his elbow, and he's out until next year. That happens Sunday. Then the Giant game happens Sunday night, and then Aaron Rodgers Monday. Enough. It just got worse it's been a, worse. a waterfall of, like, just poop for New York sports yeah. for too long. Maybe this is those tabloids on time. fire right now. It's good. It's good for. Uh, it's very good for the New York tabloids. Post. Yeah, only Jalen Brunson can save you now. It's great for the Post Go until play, the Jets yeah. are like one and five, and Zach Wilson's still playing quarterback. Then it's you know, readership starts to fall off a little bit. Not necessary, Mark. I'm. <laughs> I am not suggesting that's what I want at all. I know, but just that's an obvious thing that I'm processing as a reality that I'm dealing with. Well, I, I apologize. It's okay. I truly still, do. Still love you. Let's move on. Greg. All right. I'm taking a good game that's still available this late. Bengals, three and a half point favorites over the Ravens. Ravens, offensive line. No Linderbaum. We mentioned out of practice, their center, second year player, Ronnie Stanley. The barometer of if Uh-oh. this offense is going to be good or not, out of practice. We know Marcus Williams isn't coming back for potentially a long time. Marlon Humphrey. Remember him? Their best cornerback. Yeah. They were hoping to have him back for week two. Oh, yeah. Not sure. Not in practice. Uh, no one had a worse week um, in terms of the breadth of their team, the amount of key players Good word. Uh, than, than the Ravens Good one. in week one. Spell it, Mark. Breadth. B-R-E-A-D-T-H. That's correct. Give him a ding. I think it's going to be a... Uh, ding his ass. A disjointed <laughs> offensive game. Don't do that to me again. <laughs> the weather was a problem for the Bengals last week. That no was their only problem. Can we calm down with weather, by the way, for week two? Yeah. Bad job by the East Coast. We don't need weather. Clean it up. This early. It was messy, yeah. And he, he does have the smaller hands, and the ball was slipping out. Nine-inch hands. An, that's an old... Uh, an old uh, it's nine inches. Joint. Not that big. Um, Lamar coming off a bad game. Sometimes you saw their offense wasn't exactly sure what was going on either. Like receivers in the wrong place. Lamar playing really well in the second half before just like a goofy fumble. And he had a couple of those. We've seen across the league defenses are ahead of offenses right now. There aren't many deep passes going on. Fumble was ridiculous. And then we got a uh, a theory from Nick Wesley. Now that was hard on him, but I like to give him credit. He is a, an excellent football and sports mind. And oh, yeah. His eye spotted maybe just like a little less explosiveness, he thought, out of Lamar as a runner, as a playmaker than maybe in the past, which wouldn't be crazy. A lot of injuries. Been in the league that a little happens. while. So that's just something I'm just going to watch for. There were a couple of plays. They certainly weren't calling running plays for Lamar, and that's fine. It's going to change depending on the week. But I really expect this to be a defensive game. I think I think it's going to take the Bengals more than a week to fix all the things that showed up in week one. And I think the Ravens' defense, not their offense, but their defense is still in, in great shape. I have a, a, a Lamar take. I, I don't think there are too many like quarterback, top weapon targets that make as much a big deal than when Lamar doesn't have Mark Andrews. Like he, well, that's true. He, he needs and he, It sounds like that's he'll be his back. guy. Yeah. That's his practice. dog. That's his guy. He loves him in the intermediate passing game. He loves him in the red zone. You take him out of there, and I know Odell made you know that one really nice over-the-shoulder catch, and we saw, I agree with you, Greg, uh, Flowers really jumped out at you. Um, you get the idea that he could be a big-time player. Um, so there are things to get excited about. Uh, but you need on Andrews on the field. I think he's the stabilizing Jenga piece for them. Yeah. I, uh, so Zay Flowers, though, I think what we saw, that's like a week-to-week thing. Like, they finally drafted a wide receiver. 
from, you know, they've had trouble with that for 20 years. And like, he looks like the real deal. I really would be concerned about Cincinnati's offensive line. Like they released Lyle Collins. You've got Jonah Williams um, moving to right tackle pretty late in his career. And that's, Iffy. That's an iffy proposition. He didn't like. He didn't look good, but no one looked like. I think we are going to not not to go down like the Browns Avenue, but their defense. I think is a difference making front. I mean, it's like I think it had a lot to do with what happened. We go. It wasn't the weather. It's like they absolutely controlled Cincinnati's line. Burrow looked totally lost. I there the idea that you have what seven or eight targets to T Higgins. He doesn't catch any of them. Um, it wasn't really on T Higgins. It was just. I I think Burrow. He there. was fourteen this for thirty one. Well, that's what I thought was uh, I in our previews on Wednesday, Mark. I, I pointed out not only was Cincinnati stuck in mud, there was very few passes uh, where you could really point to and be like, oh, there was an opportunity there. They just completely got shut down on offense. And all that, all that, uh, what is that, gum flapping that I had, and I was getting fired up about Herbert. Mm. Um, it's what I love about Burrow is he's like, I have no questions about Joe Burrow and the ferocious competitor that he is. And I just feel like he got embarrassed. He got embarrassed in week one. He looked like a chump. The offense looked terrible. I know, again, bad weather. But I would be surprised if Burrow doesn't play extremely well in okay. this game. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles because the last time we saw him in this game, he struggled. They were lucky to beat the Ravens with Tyler Huntley in the playoffs. You know, they, they needed a couple crazy defensive play. Like, they, they've struggled in general against the Ravens. This is kind of a, a nice spot for the Ravens because, yes, they have their own issues, but no one's expecting them to win this game. They already have a chance here to go 2-0 two, two and win on the road against Cincinnati. Rokon Smith was insane last week. Like, I never mentioned that on the Sunday night game. But That's Mike, why we did the emergency pod last year. Right. He That's why that he got traded. Ceiling. He, uh, I like Rokon yeah, Smith for many high. reasons. Pass game, run game. Like Great he, motor. He was insane last week. And I think this is it's just a division matchup. I'm not saying you could throw the records out, but I'd be surprised if this doesn't come down to the last possession. It'd be a big win for the Ravens. Good game. Is it a, a, a Zach Taylor issue on some level that, like, you know, year after year they seem to come out of the gate kind of slow? That was my dumb question. We did dumb questions yesterday, and I had a— uh, should check out yesterday's podcast. I was— I should listen up. Big, uh, some well, what was, the, what was the answer? Because it's like— Well, I, mine like, was like, is this is Zach Taylor the man to uh, fix some problems in some lethargy? Is he like the reverse Andy Reid, though? My, my answer was like, yeah, that was a tough start last year, and then they won 10 games in a row. That's right. Kicked everybody's ass in. Yeah. Here's a little fan. They just had no creativity last week. I don't know. You spent months preparing for that game. I, th- I thought Joe Mixon looked much better last week. He did. Than he did a year ago, and mm. uh, with someone to target in fans. They're gonna be okay. Yeah, they were okay last year. They'll be okay this year. All right. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, he didn't see it coming. I I knew it was love coming, it. but I didn't love it. I actually hadn't decided which game I want to watch. Let's go Bears Bucks. Madison behind the glass, head spinning. What's the graphic? Oh, she has a write off. <laughs> Right up, she has it. That's a crack team behind the glass. Oh, I'm sorry. I have not. Uh, oh no, I've not been checking that slack. Bucks, <laughs> Bears. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites. Um, <laughs> I want you to talk like that for the rest of the show. What is going on? That's here? like my invitation of Colleen. Like <laughs> Baker Mayfield's back, everybody. Um, sounds I different think, when you do it. Though, I don't yeah, think that's how Colleen sounds to most. No. That's kind of disrespectful to the Bucks. I mean, the Bears could not have looked worse uh, a week ago. And if you're only a two and a half point favorite at home, it's basically oh saying they think the Bears are uh, a better team. 
Um, this is a tempting lock here because I like that you're tempted because I agree with you. I don't think the Bucks are any good, but like they showed a little something in week one and the Bears. But this are was my whole trouble. thing. This was my whole thing about the right Bucks now. and the Bears in the preseason. Like, don't the Bucks have a lot of players who would be the best player on the Bears? Yes. Like Devin White looked great last week. Levante David's still great. Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin. Like, everyone's so excited about DJ Moore. Is DJ Moore better than Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? I mean, maybe. It's I a think, conversation. I think, They're in the same ballpark. Yeah, he's certainly, like, I, I think he's going to be great for them down the stretch. I'm just saying yeah. he's not, like, he's not a top five or ten receiver in the league. And Godwin and Evans have shown their level. They have a lot of good players, is my point. Vita Vey is another. And, they, and they, those players won, and uh, I just smelled a little bit of Bowls of Sons, too, coming. It's the uh, Bowls of Sons okay. uh, to Boogaloo. Let's go. When he <laughs> went for the fourth and one in his own end, I thought, ooh, is this like when Ron Rivera oh. uh, found fourth down religion? He went for a fourth and one on his own 30 in a tie game with like seven minutes to go. And you know what? It led to the game winning point. Yeah, he also settled era. for a 57 yard field goal to get those winning points. And he's just doing it? what well, most that's because the- their offense isn't that good. I'm not saying they're a great team, but that decision led. But he's to just doing what most of the league is doing at this point. I don't but think, I, mean, I don't think most of the league would have gone for it then. And he wasn't doing that a year ago is what I'm saying. Doug, it, he's changed, Todd Bowles but- knows that this might be his last chance here. And he's flying. Can I just, for the listeners that aren't aware, because you're conflating it a little bit and maybe you're changing your mindset, the Bulls of Sans was always kind of the D.C. side of Todd Bowles, right? That was back when he was the D.C., correct? Yeah. We've yeah. yet to see Todd really shine And he won a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl champion because of the yes. Bulls of Sans. Let me look at it because I have some. Now that I've moved away from um, power rankings and check out Eric Edholm, who handles them now, and he does a podcast. He took over the feed that Colleen and I were on last year, and it's, Ed Holm and Andrew Siciliano, and they are doing the damn thing. Sure. Um, the Bucks are the classic win their first two games. Yes. And then uh, if you're doing power rankings, I'm like, what are you doing? What am I going to do with these guys? Yeah. And I put, I'll, I would probably put them at like 15 or something. And then a bunch of angry Buck fans, we should be in the top 10. There's only five 2 and 0 teams. And then it's like, okay, let's go watch them against the Philly uh, Philly Eagles uh, next week. And, yeah. then, and then you tell me if they should still be number seven in the league, all right? Uh, good setup for them because, and we touched on it yesterday, uh, the Bears could not have had a worse start to their season. The Chase Claypool stuff, he might not even be active in this game. And to me, I know Claypool's a little bit of a mess potentially behind the scenes. Like, you gave up a borderline first-round pick for him. That is malfeasance um, uh, in the front office. Uh but this type of stuff happening in week ahead of week two is just not a good reflection of what's going on in that building right now. No, I'm very. If I'm Adam Rank and Bears fans, I'm extremely, extremely, and I've lived through these type of scenes, toxic scenes, and you watch your team go down the tubes early. I'm very worried about what version of the Bears shows up in this game. Yeah, Dan Wider of the Chicago Tribune, um, interesting tweet. Got it yesterday. You talked about Covered it. it yesterday. I, I, I got to not be missing these Wednesday shows. <laughs> But do you, I found that to be pretty concerning. You could repeat it because many well, listeners maybe missed sure. it too. It said they were essentially shaken by the week one performance and that in my time covering the NFL, I can't really remember a time where on Wednesday of week two, a building seems so apparently shaken by and or short they ta- on answers. They were talking a big game this offseason. So was their media. They were. But if you so I'm sure this wasn't so much on the condensed version of, of last week's Bears game. But in the second half, when it was clear that Green Bay was dropping a bomb on them, 
the the bench, the players, they just looked totally broken. Like they thought they were a completely that's different team than they yeah. were. And so that's when the floor can fall out. I mean, again, their offensive line looked like a dis- absolute disaster. And it feels like you have to worry about his health in general with it the hits he's taking. part of it too. He, yeah, he was not good. He He's so slow and people, and it was kind of like pick on Justin Fields on film Twitter week. And it was week one. Um, but people smarter than me, linemen too, just notice that everything's slow. Like his drops are slow, kind of mechanical where he's thinking one, two, three, four, five. And it's just getting back very slowly. And that certainly going through progression sometimes he holds the ball. That's what he did at Ohio State. That's what he did here. Last week, he had one of the highest, maybe the highest time to throw in the league. So yes, the offensive line is struggling, but he's also taking a while to make decisions. And that that speaks to the offense being disjointed. And it's part of, partly why I'm worried about this team because I, I don't know coaching wise have have we seen these guys show a lot of answers no on either side you know what i'm rooting hard for the bears in this game yeah they kind of need it it's a I really because the chicago fans have been through a lot of dysfunction and they don't have a lot of success really people that are my age for instance don't have anything really um but you know who's going to speed you up a little bit bulls will be setting those double a gap blitzes like he was 20 years I ago i can't do this it's the same week stuff week, what? The Bulls business. Oh, just, the we're Bulls. back here. We're just back with these hype jobs. It's just like okay. It's just kind of a fun right. little story. He's, if they had a, like a fun ex- nine, gets with excited these. sometimes. Uh, he had one. He had one yeah. daring maneuver as a head coach, and we're they, we're putting their him on defense. A throne. Their defense had a nice uh, performance. Baker, by the way, you know our Greggy. Lowest time to throw. If his his game last week, time to throw and avoiding sacks was, was better than it's been his whole career. Like if he repeated that week week after week, he got yeah. rid of the ball quickly and he avoided the sacks. That's nice. Slow start, but I mean, yeah. If he's Played not well going to make mistakes, like they got a chance. We know what Baker is. I get excited. It's up. I get excited. I it's want down. you to get excited. And then when it doesn't like, happen, I just shut down. up about it. It's, no, you don't. But it's not. It's, it's <laughs> like the same four or five people that we hear are overinflated mentions. All right. Uh, you know, I, I could name those five people. All right. And that we'll save that for the Wednesday show next week. <laughs> I'll see, see be you on. there. Mark. You are up. Your last pick of the draft. All right. I'll go. Um, I want to take a look at Russell Wilson here. Uh, uh, we talked about him on the Wednesday show. Then I don't so much to say here. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. No, I know. I want to see. Uh, he I, never even came up. You're all good. Sam Howell, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? I because don't love it. Washington, but... <laughs> Washington getting three and a half points. No, I don't love it. It's why the second to last pick here. But I don't know. I think I, I think more evidence and just more 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 quarters from Russell Wilson to see what he really is. I thought he what if if you got what he was last week all of last season, he wouldn't have been a conversation piece. He wasn't special or anything, but far from a disaster. Uh Howell to me, like what, 202 yards, 31 attempts, turned the ball over twice. I don't know if you can survive with that week after week. Um he's a little spicy obviously, but this Commanders team nearly lost to the to the Cardinals and I don't know, I'm a little suspicious of the whole situation. Command. How about you, Greg? Because you, you're pretty high on the commanders entering the season. Faith? They're not going to be this? pretty. I'm a little worried how up and down it was. Howell, speaking of holding the ball, held the ball forever Did. in that game. Yep. And some of those Did. sacks were on him. But he's playing a team with the Broncos, who had the lowest pressure rate in the league last week. Now, that part of that's just Jimmy G getting rid of the ball quickly. But the Broncos didn't show anything special defensively, and I, I know this is an overreaction, and it's definitely a hot take, but when Sean Payton went for that uh, went for that onside kick. Right out of the gate. And then 
every the whole crowd goes crazy because everybody yeah. look at me. I'm Sean Payton. And the I'm whole different. crowd goes crazy. And then when they they took the flag out and they announced the penalty, yeah, that felt like the end of the Sean Payton era to me. Like, just, <laughs> oh my god! Just, now that's a take. It just felt like that was such a bad open. I don't mean it's all gonna get go out bad. the Bunsen yeah. burner blowtorch. Like, it was just like a wah wah wah. I'm not saying they're not gonna win games. There won't be moments, but it just was like. Oh, we're going to try to recreate something, but it just won't. Quit. It was a massive wet fart. <laughs> I love it. And it was so close to working. That's what that's what I mean. That's what convinced me <laughs> that it's just not going to happen because it's just the way they just pulled the rug out from under you. I don't the know end what. of the era already. That is uh, it, this Broncos could team. be uh there's no way this this is going to come down to the last possession. Right. There's these two teams just seem destined. For I believe this has got 17, 16 written all over right. it. Um, what do you think of Javante Williams? He got a lot. He got a little more run than I was expecting for a well, guy they coming off a devastating knee. Injury. Peyton said like last week before the game that, that he was ready to use him a lot. Better, yeah. better than That's I thought in the preseason. Though. I thought he looked fine. Yeah. I thought he looked pretty good. If it was, it was Pirine who drove me a little crazy. He had that one. Third and one where he had all sorts of space and he bounces that outside and doesn't pick it up. Ended up being a big moment in that game. Uh, Greg Dulcich, their tight end, he I think he's up in the air. He got banged up uh, last week. Um, and, uh, yeah. Sounds I, like Jerry Judy could play. That would be very helpful. And let's see if Russell Wilson can string together some improved games. I thought it was a little bit of a step up last week, but nothing that like would a little. rise to the level of his paycheck. And I get it. They only had three possessions in the second half and they tried to kick a field goal on two of them. So it wasn't like a, nothing was disastrous, but there wasn't much that you were like, okay, great. It was a very condensed it's offense. And I think this commander's D line, that was why I was high on him. I thought they'll be talented enough on offense and really good in terms of their defensive line that they can ugly into about nine or 10 wins. I could still see the Jared Stidham era beginning at some point, even though apparently the Sean Payton era has already ended. So that would be Broncos orange. Let's ride uh, three and a half points. The Broncos laying the wood in that one. All right. We got one Ooh. last game. I like the commanders there. I like them straight up. There's one more game on the board. Oof. Uh, well, this is not this is kind of a right. nice. You little... know what? If I had to choose between the one we just did and this, I would choose this because I was I was legitimately like, hmm, OK, Colts. Where on it, offense. I was like, hmm. what about on defense? OK. Yeah, they had. Well, Buckner and friends. They had. They had. I thought for a team. I think they lost by ten points at home. But like, you know, for week one for a team with no expectations after a hideous summer with the Jonathan Taylor stuff, I thought Anthony Richardson played better than I was expecting as a passer. Um, I I saw what Trevor Lawrence was talking about when I watched the game that there were some unnecessary hits that he took that he's going to have to be careful with um, because that's going to end him real quick uh, as a rookie this year. He is uh, he was banged up, but he's going to be playing in this game. But in general, I thought he was kind of a fun guy to watch. And you saw uh, you saw it like you could see where as he gets more and more comfortable in this uh, offense, uh, he is going to he's going to make big plays for them, obviously, with his arm and legs. So I, I'm interested in the Colts. The offensive line, I thought, was better. Um, that's a major point of this team. And then the Texans are still kind of a a, a blank slate uh, to me. Colts just laying one point in this one, so the desert sees it very close. Um, your thoughts, guys, on what you're seeing from the Texans so far and looking ahead. I'm going to be a little concerned about C.J. Stroud in this game uh, with Laramie Tunsil uh, dealing with a knee issue. Uh, he may play, but he's not like – that line like a couple months ago looked like it could be a strength. 
and they're banged up all over the place. Um, I don't love that for them. But I thought, you know, he looked pretty good. He, I thought for, he, he's just going to take time. But for, I, I think that C.J. Stroud does some things really well. And uh, for me, it's just that I also trust their defense under D'Amico Ryans to be much better than they were a year ago. They were terrible against the run last year. But then you've got the Colts throwing Deion Jackson at you, who ran for 13, 14 yards on 13 attempts and had two lost fumbles. I, they've had a lot of injuries, and the Texans are just one of those teams that can't afford a lot of injuries. Jalen Petrie, they're, real, they're a defensive captain, their second-year player who they just love, had that bruised lung. He's out of practice. Jimmy Ward, the safety, has a hip injury. He's out of practice. And that safety tandem, to me, had a chance, and Texans fans were talking about this all offseason, to be one of, if not the best safety tandems in the entire league. So that was going to be like part of their identity. Their offensive line was going to be part of their identity. So a lot of bad luck. I'm with you on Stroud. I know he didn't grade out well in PFF, and he was in third and really long situations a lot. And he did make a lot of rookie mistakes where he held on to um, his progression too long. But he had about six or seven real professional throws, like deep out. You see that every time Anticipation. With yeah. And the, that. If you're a rookie on a bad team, that gives you hope because not every rookie shows that uh, right off the bat. So I, I'm with you. I don't know what to see in this game. I, we never mentioned Will Anderson looked that's great what in I his was first game. Go for I it. was going to say that that's one thing that jumped out to me about the Texans, that Will Anderson looks like a can't-miss dude who he had a sack, two QB hits, six pressures. Mm. Um, that's fourth in the league. Um, and I know Jalen Carter had a big week one as well. So... Uh, you look at like some of the young defensive players and that came into the league this year. Anderson looks like a, a hit for them. And then on the Colts side, one other point, Michael Pittman's an important guy for them. And you want to see that uh, chemistry between uh, Pittman and Richardson. And you saw it 11 targets, eight for 97, had a touchdown. So I just thought in general, especially with how shaky things felt for the Colts entering the year, that Steichen might have this team uh in a good place offensively as the year goes along. They need to, like the one thing they struggled with a week ago, I think they were one for five on fourth downs. They struggled in short yardage in general. They tried to do that. I said the Jaguars. That was a little well, funky. That everyone actually, thinks, I was like, yeah. oh, we got to make a rule against the the the. You got to be good at push. it, otherwise we don't need a rule. Uh, if yeah. everyone could do it, everyone would be doing right. it. Last week I saw it fail uh, a couple times. It, Richardson's such a strange player, though. I mean, he's so electric and so exciting. And he may, he's really good at like some of the harder decisions. I think he makes good decisions and he like he goes through his progressions, but like you just don't know where the ball is going to go. So that is a little like, like I think his bad plays, like he That's actually he made good decisions and then just the ball was like five feet off. And that that is a little worrisome, but he made some really good, good plays. Well, I'll watch this one closer. Yeah, I thought I, I was, thought his accuracy was pretty good in this game overall, but they must have missed the, uh, more throws. They were the three for 17 on third and fourth downs last week. You, you, ha you have to Gotta get better that. there. Stroud was pressured 18 times on 46 dropbacks. So, um, yeah, that is um, an opportunity for the Colts if they can go do some business in their pass rush. All right. That's it. That's week two. Um, again, Thursday night football. Greg and I both locking up the Eagles bravely to take care of business. Will we look good? Will we look bad? Well, we'll find out a little bit later. Um, and uh, Sunday, we'll be back. Flagship program, NFL Plus, new episode coming up uh, later today in your feeds. Till then, heed the call. <laughs>